Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we are lucky enough to have Goff on the podcast. Goff is the first legally blind person to write, produce, edit, direct and star in a feature film. He is also the creative director of a production company, Beer Nuts Productions. Goff is also a stand-up comedian and radio host. Today we are speaking to Goff about his process and his unique story. With no further ado, I welcome Goff to The Aside. Thank you, Nick, for having me on board. I really appreciate your time. How are you today? Yeah, very well, mate. Yourself? I'm good. I'm good. In the introduction, I briefly outlined your extensive CV. Could you tell us a little about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So, uh, as you said, uh, I run Beer Nuts Productions, which is a predominantly film production company on the Gold Coast, but we also do audio downloads and books as well. So, yeah, there, there's a little bit of everything. Uh, Beer Nuts Productions started back in 2006, and uh, to date we've done 15 films. So, yeah, we've been uh, quite, quite busy at the old uh, Beer Nuts Productions Fun Factory, which is uh, really cool. Looking back at your schooling, media, English and drama classes, how and where were you inspired to pursue the arts? Well, when, when I was a little kid, uh, I always loved writing. It was, it was something, even when I was like six, seven years old, I was like writing little books and things like that. I always loved writing. And then, of course, when I got into high school, I was able to pursue that as subjects. You know, I was able to choose film and TV and speech and drama and obviously English, of course, as uh, subjects that I could pursue. And obviously, I preferred all of them to my math and my sciences. So, yeah, it was, uh, I couldn't, because I mean, when I started high school and obviously you have to do your math and your science and all that sort of stuff, I was couldn't wait to get to year 10 where I could start actually choosing the subjects that I knew would help me later in life. So, yeah, that, that uh, I, yeah, that's pretty much how, how that all got started. But it, look, it all started with a love of writing, really. Are there any special teachers from your past you would like to acknowledge or thank or, or yell at? <laughs> well, uh, I don't want to get sued, so I might not uh, might not uh, yell at any of them. But uh, uh, look, that there was one teacher in particular, uh, Christine Boland, at my primary school. And she was fantastic. She worked at the special education unit there, which was more for blind and vision impaired kids. And she instilled into all of us children that it didn't matter if you had a disability, you can do anything that you want to do. I mean, you might take a little bit longer than the other kids to do it, or it might not be as good as the other kids, but there's no reason why you can't do everything that all the other kids do. And she she was... Uh, fully supportive of inclusive education and she was absolutely fantastic and luckily for us uh, she was with me through years one to seven through my whole primary school uh, as a support network which was fantastic so it wasn't really what she taught me academically that was so valuable it was more the life skills and the life lessons that she taught me as a young child that really stood me in good stead going forward absolutely 100 percent was Christine just a unique and special person or is there more the school could have done to support your learning? Well, Christine was a very unique and special person, no, no doubt about that. But look, if, if we go into my high schooling, I've had both the very, very best with Labrador Primary School was the absolute best for disability education and inclusive education. 
and Miami High School that I went to was the worst of the worst. So I've had both sides of the education spectrum, really. I mean, uh, disability and, I mean, segregation and discrimination were just par for the course at Miami High. I mean, I could tell you guys things that you probably wouldn't even believe. I mean, we weren't allowed to sit exams because apparently blind people can't sit exams. We, we weren't given audio books and then failed on our English curriculum. Then we, we there were, at one stage, they put me in the manual arts, the woodwork class, and the teacher's like, what are you doing here? I mean, we can't have you working circular saws. You're blind. Why have they given you to me? I don't understand. So, I mean, it was just ridiculous. And like I say, segregation as well. I mean, the, uh, the blind and vision impaired unit was stuck in a part of the school away from the other students. And of course, when segregation happens like that, it teaches the other students that, you know, you're different. And of course, when people are 14, 15, 16 years of age, that just leaves room for bullying. Because when you're different, you stand out. And when you stand out, you get bullied and picked on. So, I mean, yeah, I've had the best with Labrador and the worst with Miami High. So it, uh, it's, yeah, very eye-opening, really. And I guess you've proved the old Miami High wrong because you've shown just how capable people with disabilities are. Well, and again, again, I put that down to Christine. I, I was very lucky to have, well, actually, it's everybody at Labrador was fantastic in that regard. They had a very, very great uh, inclusive education culture in that school. They were fantastic, Labrador. So I was very lucky that I had that as my beginning for my primary school. So I, I'd had all the good life lessons kind of instilled into me before I went to Miami High, which was obviously extremely different. So yeah, in regards to, uh, yeah, so I was very lucky that I had Labrador to start with, I think. So what projects are you working on at the moment? Yeah, well, Beer Nuts Productions has just completed our 15th short film, and it's called A Day in the Life of a Personal Trainer. It's a comedy mockumentary that uh, makes fun out of the fitness industry, and in particular, personal trainers. So basically, we follow Jackie Cooper, who's a completely fictional personal trainer from the moment she wakes up in the morning to the moment she goes to bed at night. And we see her with all of her clients and then what she does when she's not with her clients, which uh, might surprise all you guys what uh, the personal trainers really get up to. So, uh, so yeah, that, that's our last, uh, our latest film goes for about 24 minutes. And yeah, like I say, it's comedy based and available to download off the beer nuts productions website. Do you encounter any unique or specific challenges as someone who is legally blind? And how do you overcome those challenges? Well, yeah, yeah, of course. So uh, a lot of trust goes into the filmmaking process because obviously uh, I can't see until we get into the editing booth. I can't see if the films are being shot like I want them to be shot. And I can't see things like facial expressions on the actors. So a lot of trust goes into it. So I have Simon, who's sort of my right-hand man, and he'll tell me, uh, we've got a bit of a code going on where after we do a shot, I turn to Simon, I'll say, were the actors giving me good face? And he says, yes, they were giving you good face. So that means I was getting the facial expressions that I wanted and we can move on to the next shot. So yeah, and in regards to shooting it, you know, I'm really, really clear with my direction. So everybody is left in no doubt how I want a shot to be framed and the actors are left in no doubt how I want something to be acted. And obviously 
the rest of the crew the same in regards to costume and makeup and all that kind of stuff. So it's just all about communication and being really, really clear and knowing that you can trust the team that you're working with. How do you go about creating a clear vision for the rest of your team? Well, yeah, it's just all about me explaining myself. I've always found that people seem to respond better when you're able to give them a clear example. So for the actors, I'll always, if I'm not getting exactly what I'm after, I'll sort of act it out for them. I'll give them a bit of an example of what I'm after. I'm not trying to belittle them or anything like that. It's just the best way I've found to communicate what exactly I want in regards to tones and inflections, because especially with comedy, you know, when you're delivering a joke, tones and inflections are so very important. You know, if, if a joke isn't delivered correctly, then it's just not funny. So the, it's really important in that regard with the actors. And when it comes to shooting it with Simon, I, I'm super clear. So we, we, he knows, I've worked with him for a long time now. And so he knows exactly how I, my style of filming and how I like things to be shot. And I'm very clear with him. So I'll tell him, you know, specific examples. For example, I might say to him, I want that shot from the belly button to about two or three centimetres above the head. So he knows that's the framing that I want. So it's just about being really clear with your communication. You have a unique perspective. So do you produce films uh, for a blind audience, if that's not a, a silly question? No, 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 not at all. So the, the, uh, the very first film I actually did was a 90-minute documentary about disability and mental health. So it's probably the only serious film I've ever done because most of my stuff is comedy-based. So, yeah, that documentary pretty much, it, it was brought about through frustrations of people not understanding my disability and not realising what I can and can't do. So I thought the best way to show them is to do it, again, by setting an example. So... I used my own personal story as a template and then I went out and I interviewed 24 different experts in a range of different fields. Like uh, I had a neurosurgeon, school teachers, psychologists, uh, employment experts, dating experts, even comedians. Because obviously I, I'm a big comedy nerd and like to make things as lighthearted as I can, even with uh, reasonably heavy subject matter like disability and mental health. And so, uh, yeah, I, I made that film to hopefully educate people more I, I suppose for people without a disability in regards to sort of educating them about what people can and can't do and what what uh, you know that there should be no barriers to uh, letting anybody pursue whatever career goals they want to pursue what is some advice you have for young filmmakers looking to follow your lead yeah no well uh, I think the the number one piece of advice I can offer is to just get out and do it I mean I know it sounds really simple but that's what I did. See, nobody would give me a chance because of my disability. I wasn't able to get funding for projects and whatnot. I wasn't able to get what I would consider to be a fair go. And so I had two choices. I could either sit at home and get depressed or I could just go ahead and do it myself. So that I chose option B. I went ahead and started up Beer Nuts Productions and just went ahead making my own projects. I already had the scripts written. So I thought, well, you know, if I can't get funding from the usual sources, of, then I'll just get my own money together and go ahead and do it myself. So you, you just got to look at the end of the day, there's all if there's a will, there's a way, you know, so you just got to figure out the best way to go about doing it and then uh, give it 110 percent. As a legally blind person, how did you get into a medium that is believed to be so visual? Well, 
I think people miss I think people misunderstand film a lot in that it's not as visual as what people would think. I mean, a really great film should awaken all of your senses. So it, it's not as visual as what people would, would first think. I mean, horror is probably the best example because what gives you the creeps in a great horror film isn't what you see, it's what you don't see. It's the, the creaking of the timber, you know, floorboards or the knife against the glass. It's the music that comes in. You know, that's what gives you the heebie-jeebies. It's not the, you know, it's the the, the, the sort of chainsaw starting, you know, it's those sorts of things. That's what creeps you out and scares you. It's not so much what you see. So to, to think that it's purely a visual medium is, is wrong. And my stuff's mainly comedy. And again, uh, my stuff's mainly dialogue based. So it's about writing really funny jokes and getting them delivered properly. You don't need your eyesight to be able to, laugh at a really funny joke you know what i mean so it's not as visual as what people would originally think uh but in regards to how did i sort of fall in love with film again it all started back to writing so i i'd written a bunch of scripts and i was like well i want to get these made how am i going to do that and so i went to a bunch of funding bodies and all the regular places that people go distributors networks i wasn't able to get the funding that i was after so i was like well I suppose it's up to me. So I went ahead and I, I, I raised my own funds. And then so all of a sudden now I'm producing it. Okay, so what's it? So I wrote the script and so nobody knows these jokes and these characters better than me. So I suppose I should direct it because I know exactly what I want. I mean, you know, when I write a script and I think this goes for most script writers, they have in their brain, you know, the, the how they want it to look and feel and sound. And they, they have, you know, the character's voice in their head while they're writing their dialogue, well, at least I do. So, you know, all of that stuff's really clear to me. So it seems silly to let someone else direct it when no one knows it better than myself. And so, yeah, it, it just all sort of stemmed. One thing sort of led to another, led to another. And before you know it, I've got myself a film. So, yeah, that, that's, kind of, uh, that's kind of how it started out, really. And just so we're clear, you're not making films just for people who are legally blind. Oh, no, not, not at all. Not at all. It's, uh, mate, uh, I, I did an interview a little while ago and somebody, they, they said to me, you know, what's your goal? And I said, well, my number one goal is that there are 7 billion people on this earth and I won't be happy until all 7 billion of them have watched a Beer Nuts Productions film. That's when I'll be happy. So, you know, I'm, I'm here to entertain everybody, you know, because and that's why I love comedy so much. That's why that's my favourite genre is because, I mean, who doesn't like to have a good laugh? And it's such a thrill to be able to make somebody laugh and forget their problems for, you know, just a little while, you know, when they're laughing at your silly joke, they're not thinking about, you know, any financial stress or, or any, you know, marital problems or whatever. They're just laughing at your joke and you've been able to take them out of themselves, even if it's only for a brief time, you know? So it's uh, that's why it's my all time favorite genre comedy. And that's why I love doing it. Do you have any advice for people who are working with other actors who are legally blind or vision impaired or teachers working with students who are vision impaired or legally blind? Uh, that's a very good question. Well, I think the number one thing a teacher could do for a student in their drama or film and television courses would be simply to have a conversation with them at the very start of the year and find out the range of their disability, what their needs are, and then just accommodate them as much as they can you know it's not about 
babysitting them or, or making them, uh, you know, doing their work for them, far from it. But it's about, you know, making sure they're included with all the assessments, uh, you know, making sure that uh, the other students aren't alienating them because they're not... The, actually, the, when I was at primary school, this is actually a really fantastic example of what teachers can do. When I was at primary school, I was given a mini scope, which is essentially a one-eyed binocular that helps you see the blackboard, as it was called back then. And so what the teacher did was, because she knew that a bunch of seven-year-olds were going to be confused by this kid holding up this odd-looking device, she got everybody in a line and gave every student in the class a turn at using it. Now, because she did that on the very first day of school, no, no students picked on me or anything of that nature because they knew she explained why I needed it, what it did, and they had a turn at using it. So there was no questions. There was nothing, you know, nothing for them to ask about or, or they didn't badger me for a turn or anything like that. Everything just carried on like normal. So when we had to copy work down off the board, I just went about it and all the students went about it like it was just regular and how it should be. So I thought that was a really smart thing for her to do because it took all of the questions and all of the difference out of the equation. You know what I mean? So I thought that was a really, really smart, th like as a seven year old, I didn't understand, but growing up now, I thought, I think it's a very clever thing that she did to make, uh, so that, you know, like I said, so that everybody just thought, oh, he's just doing what he does. That's cool. No, nothing different there. That's just what he needs to see the board. Thank you very much for your time today, Goff. No, thank, thank you for having me on the podcast, Nick. I really appreciate it. Well, that's all from us at The Aside. If you'd like to find out more about Beer Nuts Productions, you can find them easily on social media and online. A quick Google search and you will find them, Beer Nuts Productions. Thanks so much for listening to The Aside. There are a load of episodes in the bank, so you can feel free to go through those and find one that piques your interest. If you'd like to ask us a question, please do not hesitate to do so at theasidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you very much to Eltham College for letting us record here, to Aaron Searle for providing the music, to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support, and of course, thank you for listening.